everyone's been looking at the the champions and the list of them, and it's like, man, you're right. And and my point being to repeat from the first segment that this Golden State team is going to have two very rare elements to it, which is they won their first title before a team typically wins their title. They were the young kids crashing the party, and they somehow won the title. That would have been the first one, obviously. And then they had this middle time when they became the enemy in some ways, became the team that had too much, the rich kid whose parents uh, are, you know, got the country club membership, and Molly Ringwald wants to date one of them because she thinks she sees something nice in him, but no, his name's James Spader, and he's not nice. It kind of had that feel to it. And you know what? I didn't really appreciate those teams too much, and I still don't. I'm of the belief that if you have a championship team that you build around you, that's awesome. You want to do it in a modern way, which is free agency. That's awesome. But when you're the main competition of someone, as Oklahoma City was against Golden State at the time, and then you say, I'm going to go over and and, and be with Russia. Forget the United States. I'm going to be with Russia. I don't care if it's vice versa either. I don't care if you're the number one person over in Russia and you come over to the U.S. to be one of ours. Again, we're not talking about geopolitical stuff from the 80s here for real. But (laughs) in truth, I would like having that, you know, Boris or whatever come over, you know, because I want more champions on our side if we're fighting a war. But I'm not going to think he's our guy. I'm going to think, oh, man. Tony Kukoc. It's Tony Kukoc. Yeah, but with Kukoc, there wasn't a, 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 you know, he was finally getting the NBA, right? It's kind of hard. That's one of the beauties of having the the best stuff in America is typically they want to come over here. Because, listen, take a look at the Americans versus overseas players in the NBA now, and you can see this is a world league, right? And and I love that it is because we get to, to benefit from it in America but in general, I didn't like what Durant did because he said, I don't want to fight as hard. I want to go over here and win and not have to fight as hard. Now, maybe that wasn't what was in his mind, but it sure was what was in my mind and mo- a lot of people's mind. Go ahead. Most people's minds, I think. And I was going to ask you, did this? Did last night's uh, win for the Warriors impact Durant's long-term legacy as much as anybody who wasn't on the floor? I think th- this is what it fairly did it made it even less competitive between Steph and Durant. Because Durant was the best player in, in the world at the time. He was. And, I mean, you're, again, I, I don't think you're related to Steph Curry, are you? You're not actually related, are you? No blood. No. Okay. No, just spiritually. Is, but you <laughs> connected. But, but you understood that Durant was the better player even back then, right? Yes. Okay. I think that was unequivocally true. And he, the fact that the Warriors and Golden State fan base still looked at Steph as the guy, by all accounts, is one of the things that, that, that caused Durant to want to leave and have his own team. You had your own team, by the way, in Oklahoma City, but okay. Is, <laughs> to me, there was a sense of who's 1A, who's 1, or, you know, who's 1A, who's 1B with Durant and Steph. But in hindsight, it was Durant not being the top dog. And I think now you've got to start questioning if we made an all-time list and we do that, that's what the NBA does nonstop in our minds, right? Where's Jordan? Where's you know uh, Kareem? 
right? Where's LeBron? Well, to me, I got Steph ahead of Durant right now. I think and, you have to because – Well, most people – would. first of all, most people wouldn't. Well, now Steph has proven that he didn't need Kevin Durant to win titles, and Kevin Durant has yet to prove that he can win titles without Steph Curry. I agree. I mean, that's factually correct, and you could put that on uh, a fortune cookie, and it would still be equally correct. It doesn't mean people think that the, the Steph's better than Durant. I think that he's never been better on the floor. I, it's hard to think of one given year that he was better on the floor, and I still don't think he is. But I think he's had a better career. You know, his heights haven't been – at no point could you say – I don't know about no point. Well, that's an interesting question. McKenzie, I mean, you're, Steph you're, did win two MVP awards, so two times people thought he was the best player in the league. Well, if, under that theory, that means Karl Malone was better than Jordan. I mean, I think we all know with the MVP that, that, that people get tired of voting for the same guy. Uh, and, and I'm not saying it's even the case where that would have been applicable with Durant versus – well, I'm confused then. <clears throat> I said, excuse me, I'm still recovering. I said Durant clearly was better than Steph pretty much at every stage. And you said, I agree. But if anything, Steph's MVP was right around, was the year before Durant came. So no, who was I, better? Well, you asked if, if I thought when they were on the same team that, that Kevin Durant was the better player mm-hmm. at that time. And I, I do think that Kevin Durant was a better player at that time. And, and when did Curry win his two MVPs? But wasn't the first year, the last year without Durant, and then the let's McKenzie take a gander at that. Yeah, it was the year. Be- it was the year they won the title, 2014-15, and then the year they lost the title to the Cavs. The next year, those were the two MVP years. KD came the third year after that. Okay, so what you're saying is that there were two years that Golden State was competitive to win a title before Durant, and the first one was they won the title. That was the new kids knocking down the door early. Okay, great, and that was Steve Kerr's first year. That was an MVP regular season for Steph. Next year, same thing. They won 73 games, and then they got beat when they were up 3-1. There was the kick in the groin and et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, the, the Cavs won their title. Okay, so we, coming in, Durant went to a team with a two-time defending MVP, Steph. And you're saying at the time Durant was better. So didn't you just invalidate the whole MVP right there? Which I agree, it it should be invalidated because it's not about who the very best player is. But boy, that seems like a good example of invalidating it. It Maybe so, yeah. Maybe so or not. You tell me. It's your answer. Who was better when they – the first time they played on the same court together, Durant or Curry and Curry, who was better on that that first month? Uh, I would say Durant. So, and Durant won the MVP the year before those Warriors won their first title. So, yeah, that yeah, would maybe have been three right. years before, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So maybe the entire time Kevin Durant was was the better player on the floor. I don't know. You know what I know is is if you had a list, or if you had like the the, the a timeline from that time on every month, just a little spot to visually put something. There's not many months that Steph was the better player than Durant. I don't think. And but I think it was close. It was, you know, Durant might have been the second best player at the time behind LeBron. And, uh, you know, Steph was maybe third or fourth. You know, it was like all of them were top, top players. But if you add up all this time and let's be honest, before this season, Golden State was kind of an embarrassment the last two years. 
I mean, after I mean, they, they were the they were worst team in the league one of those two years. And you could say that's smart basketball. That's smart basketball. You should lose when you don't have a chance to win a title. You know, trust the process. Okay, I don't know, right? But what I know is they did it smart. But what I know is Steph could have came back from he had a hand injury that he kept him out for 15 months or something. I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I still remember what the year after they they lost to Toronto. So it would have been three years ago. There was a sense of, yeah, look out for Golden State. Yeah, Clay's good, but Steph, this is his chance to show he, they can do it like before Durant was there. Yeah, that lasted, what, about three weeks? Yeah. Then he hurt his hand and we never saw him again. And so the point I'm making is let's not act like that this is all just like, yep, Steph's still as good as he ever was. No, Steph looked like he was on his way down and he was going straight to the basement. And he started this year hot, hot, hot. And remember last year when there was talk about the Joker winning uh, the MVP. And when I say last year, I don't mean the most recent regular season. I mean the regular season before that now. Right, that would have ended in 21. That would have ended like when 15. the Bucks won. Yeah, that year. Remember, Steph got super hot. He was going for the MVP, or I'm sorry, the three-point record, or whatever it was, and he started shooting like no one's business and putting up like 33 shots a game. And he ended up putting up a few 40-point nights, and it was like, oh look, he's going to surge and be MVP. What happened? Oh, Steph's hurt. Yeah, he got hurt again. I mean, we've had multiple times now where it was like now's the time for Steph to show what he can do without Durant without you know uh, player XYZ uh, on the team with them and every time he started out with intentions it would seem to show us look this is me by myself look what I can do and within usually six weeks he's hurt so does that diminish what's happened now no, I think it's maybe the opposite. I think it makes it more impressive that he could keep focused, keep healthy, and still. This is like winning the Wimbledon, right? When you're older. Back in the day, you go there, you win, you're the best player. It makes sense. Pete Sampras, whatever. But when Sampras went and won the U.S. Open his last time he won a major, he was unseated. Came in and said, I got to play good for six or seven matches. Boom, boom. And he did it and he won. And to me, we can look at next year's title odds and all that, but but I think that the fact that this had to be almost perfectly timed for Golden State makes the title even more impressive. And it gets to the point we've been saying all along, which is these are unusual titles when a team isn't dominant, but they can still win it. And I give Golden State a ton of credit. What's your thoughts, AJ? Yeah, you know, Steph Curry did win the scoring title last year. And like you said, started off this year like maybe he was going to do it again. And then you mentioned the injuries. If we get a full, healthy season of Steph Curry, is it possible that he still is one of the the three or four best players in the NBA today? Well, when's the last time we had a full, healthy season from him? It's been now three years. Yeah, so when you're going to be 35 at this time next year, and the last time you were like 31 – yeah, those are some tough years, you know. I mean, those are important years. And I, listen, you could, what you just did. Let's do this. I'm gonna explain. I'm gonna. I'll throw down like you relax, AJ. Is okay. usually I would say, AJ, you know, I'm not feeling great. You, no, no, no. I, this tease is so good. I just got to do it this way. I'm gonna explain to you what AJ did right there. That was so wrong. So just pro staff. <laughs> 
Yeah, and this would be a good time, AJ. Get the list of next year's title odds out because I've got it. All right, give us the favorites here because it will set the stage of like, hey, the, here's the future. The Warriors are the favorites at six to one. The Celtics and the Clippers at seven to one. The Bucks plus seven fifty. Nets eight to one. Suns twelve. Sixers, Grizzlies, Heat fourteen. Mavericks fifteen. That rounds out your top ten. Mm, Mavericks fifteen. That's interesting. Okay, so just to put the bow on Golden State, there were different points during this season when Golden State seemed to be like a contender for the title that the debate was should Golden State trade some some future value, a young player most likely um, and Wiseman's get, name comes up constantly should they trade Wiseman for X player who can help them today yeah that would have been a great example of someone that wasn't helping them now, injury, whatever, two years in, and but someone thinking, hey, there's a chance that this Wiseman can be as good as, you know, whatever. You could even say like a Wiggins or what. I mean, not that Wiggins started this slow in his career, but like a top, top player. He just hasn't found his, his right team. But Golden State would have been a better team if they would have had, like, say, a seventh man they could have gotten from that trade. But the thing about Golden State is they've got ambitions – of having a dynasty, not just an extended winning period with the same core player, but that period being extended and handed off like a baton to the next core player. And that's something Kawhi, in theory, could have been with San Antonio, but it wasn't ultimately. It's hard to have an extended prime of two different cores. And, uh, you know, you look at the Patriots, other than Brady being consistent through that, that's what they had, three or four different five-year periods. But again, they had the one guy, Brady, throughout the whole thing. Golden State's looking to have a time where Steph's retired. He's there at the party after they win a title, but there's a new core. And I give Golden State so much credit. They got the tit- this last title or maybe last title with the current core, but they haven't compromised their future. Now, I don't believe that future happens all at once. I think there'll be two years or so where there's no one good at Steph's very end of his career, that no one on that team's good enough to be the guy, but they're transitioning to the next core, and hopefully someone in that next core, for them at least, hopefully, they can be someone good enough to be the best player. They haven't pulled it off yet, but it does deserve an amazing hat tip to say, they got one uh, an extra title with the old core, and they haven't compromised n- the next generation. And to me, that's also an amazing thing. What do you think, AJ? I agree. And and if Jonathan Kaminga and Moody and these guys are anything like what people seem to think they are, Jordan Poole obviously looks like he's taken a step, then you're right. Once Steph Curry goes away, there's still going to be a really good core of players that Golden State has. They could continue to be good for a long time. It'll just be a much different looking team than what we see right now. So the Celtics, and by the way, it wasn't a perfect day yesterday with the picks, but I tell you, Finding that one spot, the Celtics were good to bat. I mean, they, at the, <laughs> the beginning, most dominant it, run of the game. I mean, it looked like. Let's be candid. Exactly what I said was they had their marching orders and they knew exactly what to do for like ten minutes, and then they could, then they couldn't after that. I mean, I tell you, AJ, you were ranting during the break about they got to get a point guard that can score. They got. I think there's one thing that the only one thing that matters for Boston is what happened to Tatum. In, at the end, in the second half of last night's game, that was not bad shooting. 
that was not um, fatigue. That looked like a men- a type of mental, I don't want to say breakdown. It felt like something was off mentally. My, the only question that matters to me with Boston is, what did you think was happening with Tatum? I think that Jason Tatum is not that dude. He's He doesn't like the pressure of having wins and losses on his shoulders. He wants to defer. He It makes me feel like Jason Tatum would be a really good number two on a championship team. But here's the question. They had an elimination game on the road against Milwaukee, and he put up 40-some. So it, it, it's not as if he can't do well when the pressure's on. And this this wasn't just oh he didn't shoot again. He looked like he was it looked like he was under a type of medical care or psychological care. He didn't seem like he was engaged with the game. Did you at the end? Did you? I mean, before in the game was still at stake. What do you? Th- did he, you see that? I mean, he was staring off into the rafters. Yeah, like especially once he felt like it looked like he knew the game was over at one point with about five minutes left and was just out of it completely. Fez believes that he's got an injury that we're going to hear more about as the offseason comes on. An, an injury to his eye that makes him stare off into the distance? <laughs> I mean, to me, we all of this is excusable. The part that it, you've got to ask yourself, though, is what was going on with him psychologically. If you can't answer that, you can't count on him. And I, guess what? I'm going to dig in. I think we'll talk about it next week.